Hello and welcome everybody to episode 5 of No One's Homies. This is Clau. This is Mark. Hello. Good evening um, or sorry. good morning. That Well, good whatever time it is that you're listening to this. <laughs> and if you are still listening, we want to thank you uh, to show our gratitude. We have uh, been a little bit on a little bit of a hiatus. Was that like a week or so? Maybe a week and a half? Yeah, a week and a half, I think. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of work stuff coming up uh, and schedules and uh, new exercise activities. We t- recently took up some badminton with friends. Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> it, but it uh, takes our evenings as well. So, And Mark has a pretty strict running schedule and I have a relatively strict uh, weightlifting schedule. So we had to make a bit of uh, alterations to our schedules. Also... Um, the last time that we met, we instead of doing a new podcast episode, we worked on our music. Oh, God, yeah. So, stay tuned, everyone. Oh, yes, please do. This is the teaser. What? Should we put a disclaimer? It's not, not new. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. You know, this is... Not just, yet, not yeah. yet. Not yet, but we're working. There's, there's stuff in the works. Don't worry. <laughs> so, we've been trying to juggle that, too. Mm-hmm. So, here we are. A bit delayed, yes. but still. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you very much. Um, before we start, I just want to let you guys know the schedule of our last show for March. It's going to be on Saturday at uh, uh, Rooftop Katipunan. That is a bar owned by some of our batchmates in Ateneo. Yep. Uh, that's been? March 30. I went to the. I've been to the old one, the one along uh, Esteban Abada, but uh, this new one is relocated, so I don't know. Okay. Haven't been to either. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Well, it was cool when I went, but also because it's just mostly our batchmates. That yeah, <laughs> like they they understand the vibe that we enjoy. Also, I guess common yeah. common interest. It's common interest, sure. I mean, this this gig we're going that I'm going to play. Mark's not going to be there. I forgot. Sorry, he's yeah. going to the beach. Sorry, y'all. It's all good. But uh, this gig that I'm going to play, it's. It's like strictly 80s, 90s style hip hop, like boom bap. I was like, that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty freaking specific, like niche F, but awesome. You know, that's right up our alley. Yeah. <laughs> niche for here. Yeah, sure. And, I and think, for now. Yeah, for I think now. in a place like the States, there is communities where. Big enough, yeah, sure. That's the main genre of hip hop that they still like. Mm-hmm. The classics. That's actually, that's actually what underground hip hop. Still sounds like yeah, and they're they're pretty strict about that. Like the old heads, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we can rest assured that that culture will stay alive. Um, so yeah, that should be exciting. That's March thirty, Saturday. What um, time are you on? I think I'm on at ten, and that's like I'm the second act. Okay. Well. <laughs> so gonna be a long night. Uh, that should be fun. Everyone, go watch Clow. Yeah, please ooh, do ooh. in in Quezon City. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people who actually live around that area. So if you haven't yeah. seen him, <laughs> not us, but no one's home, you might yeah. as well take this chance. And if enjoy you've never if you've never actually heard me rap and you happen to be listening to this podcast, first of all, kudos! Like, how did you get? How here? did you get here? Second of all, this is your chance, you know. So come on through, and I think it'll be cool because I I've spoken to a few of the other artists and they all just. We just seem to get along pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Like same vibe, I guess, because we all feel kind of kind of like outcast in this time of mainstream hip hop. Uh so yeah, it should be should be a good time. 
uh, that's it for that show. Um, shout out to our last uh, gig spot. It was really lit. We're going to talk more about it later. But uh, Likha, Manila um, in uh, Mascardo Street. Is it new? Is it newly it's new? Open? Just open. Just open. So everyone, it's a bit out of the way in terms of like if you're mm-hmm. usually in Makati and you go to. Yeah, it's not in your say, regular. Like Pob is the number one spot. So it's a bit out of the way, but the vibe is very cool. Very great. Yeah, I would agreed. suggest taking a chance, especially if you know publishing gets really full nowadays. Some people don't even like that anymore, or yeah. they feel like it's lost its character. This might be the place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, I mean, it's definitely it might be a bit quieter um, if you're there on a night where they don't have live bands. Yeah, they do also do. I think poetry, especially. Yes, that's like their special. Yeah, so I mean, take a chance. We'll talk a bit about it more later why yeah. we think it's so yeah, why it's worth it yeah you know? but but yeah shout out to them good people good crowd and like good. awesome art yeah okay so we're gonna move on to what we are consuming the i wanted to make like a sound clip for this and it's basically like a cookie monster i found one already but i suck at i learned i suck at producing stuff just recreate it yeah, so it's <laughs> it's basically Cookie Monster going like, ooh, cookie. And then there's like a there's a song in the background, like just like a whimsical song. So I wanted to do that. We'll figure it out. <laughs> this may never happen. Uh, if you want to donate a sound bite to us for segment portions, please do. You we'll know. shout you out. Yeah, we'll credit we'll, where credit is. Yeah, due. definitely. We will always shout you out, like just because that would be like such a really polite thing to do. Yeah. And helpful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll start with uh, what I've been consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently actually just, I think that was yesterday, <laughs> I watched The Phantom of the Opera. Or well, maybe that was Tuesday. I watched The Phantom of the Opera live in Soler. Mm-hmm. I watched with uh, Faisal, Angelica, Jamie, Kyra, and Bianca. Our friends. Our friends, yeah. And Bianca is my girlfriend. Um, really a good time. Uh, they, the the production was professional. I I was worried because the chandelier is such a big like part of the, the set. Set, and Soler is if you've been there before and if you've been to CCP where the Phantom of the Opera first staged, or like what last staged when they came here. It's uh, it's smaller. So I was wondering how they were gonna do the chandelier thing, but they brought this entire facade. To carry the chandelier and like move it forward, not like as far, mm-hmm. but it did it on its own. I was like, how the hell do you even pack this thing? Like on a plane? I think um, probably breaks down. Yeah, but to what extent? Like one or part of it. Maybe looks it like was it. made by the production here for this. Like as part of the staging, we need you to come up with this. Fair, sure. That might have been a thing. And then they just reuse it for other Yeah, and they and just different. send them like blueprints or whatever. Yeah, they just... I mean, like it could probably be used in different ways. Like, just it should be like a modular thing. I envision maybe, it. maybe. And then for other productions, it does a different. Yeah, purpose. true. You could just change the the actual facade. Yeah. And, like the mechanics and the back wouldn't change. Sure, but it was good. It was a it was a good production. Um. But there are some caveats. Uh, the guy who played Raúl was not great. He he was just like his singing was okay his acting was bad Mm -hmm. like you just didn't think that this guy really like had a love at first sight experience when he sees uh christine it's like 
if you've seen Phantom of the Opera. Raoul is the old friend of Chris. This is not a spoiler. Is the old friend of Christine from childhood, and he falls in love with her when he sees her sing at the beginning of the play. So yeah, he wasn't great. Um, Christine's singing voice was a little too opera. Mm-hmm. Um, she's traditionally more angelic, uh, more airy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, this one was a little too opera, and her uh, the the her foil character, who is uh, like a traditional opera singer, they just sounded too similar. Where traditionally they would sound drastically different, but both good in their own sense, but. You know, it, it, given the modern taste in music, the airy sound was just more popular. Had you seen another production of Phantom? The previous else? one in CCP. But uh, just here locally. Just here locally. Uh, Faisal has seen it um, in on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And, and he shared similar sentiments. Probably even more so, I guess. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen any local productions here, but I did get the chance to watch it on the West End in London. Yeah. So, I mean, I would assume that's the pinnacle of that theater world. Yeah, like that experience. And Broadway. Yeah, that and Broadway. Sure. So, I mean, I should see it, but based on your comments, I'm like, if you already had the CCP, I'm like, okay, I kind of get the picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I we went for personal reasons because like we love phantom you know like that was stuff we blasted Mm -hmm. in our in our uh uh, condo in college sure like (laughs) at at two in the morning you know i'm still amazed we have never we never got in our entire stay there a noise complaint i think the people around your condo near near atene were just cool also i guess so (laughs) a lot of students on our floor but like in in there was a a family beside yeah and they were chill they were chill they never complained never they must like your taste they're like oh they're playing (laughs) phantom i always wondered about like nights that i'm rapping really loudly because whatever i'm drunk yeah and then you know i wonder if they think like is he good these damn kids and then when they get up they're like oh you know what like not Res- bad. Respect, respect. <laughs> that for me would make my whole life yeah. if that was true. At the bare minimum, awesome. they were just cool about it, mm-hmm. and which is which is mm-hmm. great. Also, like mm-hmm. let the kids have fun. They're college kids. Yeah, they'll yeah. be gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was uh, Phantom of the Opera. Something else that I've been consuming is uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. I watched it. First, first season, very when it came out long ago. Yeah, yeah, that was like 2015, I think. Yeah, you watching it from the start? Yeah, season? I finished the first season. I'm in the middle of the second season now. It's one of those, um, I wouldn't say hidden gem on Netflix because I don't think it's for everyone. Mm-hmm, but if sure. it catches you at the right moment, you have nothing else to watch. Or if it's you, it, within your taste. Yeah, then it's also enjoyable, no mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it has a very interesting premise. The fact that he's holistic and that the universe is is the one driving his yeah. his pattern of action. From from my memory, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, go ahead. He he's supposed to be. It's a bit of a sci-fi fantasy show in itself, right? And basically, the main character Dirk Gently is a detective trying to solve a case. I don't want to spoil what it is. I can't even remember what it was. But the way he solves it, he calls it like holistic, mm-hmm. in a holistic like investigation. Basically, he's not like a Sherlock Holmes kind of detective. Yeah, he doesn't figure everything yeah. out. It's kind of a weird comedic way of g- getting through it. That's if it interests you in terms of um, like a detective show that has a bit of a spin on it. 
also do check it out. I enjoyed the first season. I probably fell off just because it took so long to get to the second yeah, it's season. Yeah, two years in between, I think. Yeah, that's probably it. I tried watching the first episode of the second season. I just couldn't, you know, get on the train anymore. Yeah, yeah the momentum was off. Yeah. So you're enjoying it? Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, second season is not, I'd say, as impactful, but it's a, it's a good follow-through. And I'm normally not very critical of sequels or like or continuations. Of second seasons? I don't. I wouldn't count that as a sequel, would you? Uh, kind of or fi- like sure. This is con- a series. Okay, continuations, then. I mean, I'm just not very critical of of those. In, like, I didn't mind. Um, I can see it for shows that look like they were destined to be one season, like oh, mini yeah. mini series. Yeah, and then they were just like too true popular. Detective. They were just so popular that they had to bring in a second season or mm-hmm. so. Fine, I wouldn't be so critical. But for just a normal series where they live leave the the end of the first season as like a cliffhanger then I would expect that there should be some forethought to yeah. that process. well sure okay I, uh, that, that I'm not being completely honest then I guess because I do I, I'll, I'll stop watching something if I think that it's like Dexter season 4 or something I just stopped I was like this is it's just so mm-hmm. bad already mm-hmm. so uh, that's not completely true that I don't mind so much but I am enjoying it enough season 2 of Dirk Gently just because the premise is just so crazy. It's just doesn't I know. Um you just don't know what's gonna happen because it doesn't make any real sense. Yeah, and, and the, the premise of the second season is even wackier. Like I can't really say much without spoiling the first, but they just they they do some really creative things with setting uh-huh. especially. So that the, there's uh there's my recommendation for, for Netflix show to watch if you're look if you're feeling a little dry in the netflix area and lastly i just wanted to share i watched the 1992 clint eastwood movie unforgiven i think that might have been his first self-produced self-directed project never I, i don't think i've even heard of it yeah it's uh i literally googled best westerns and it came up oh it's a western yeah okay it's it's it feels a lot older than the year it came out. You know, like in the 90s, you had some pretty, I'd say modern, I don't even know. Contemporary if, contemp- styles. Yeah, you know, like there was just the style. By the 1990s, the movies were a little faster paced. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was, I feel like there was more to be done visually, but I can also see that Clint Eastwood's roots are in the traditional spaghetti western format. Probably also since it was his first mm-hmm. foray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I, I, I'm I try not to be too critical of it because for what it is, it's still a pretty good Western. Yeah, I mean you know? and you know what he went on to doing, so it's like mm-hmm. I'll give him his breaks like first Definitely. Film to where he came up. I, to I now. think that's why I appreciated it too, because when I think of like a Gran Torino I just I appreciate that film even more seeing where he came where he came from fair enough and you know i realized i love the western format like maybe i'm more inclined to like contemporary models but but overall i enjoy it it's i think uh, well i also agree with that sentiment but the reason i would i guess i would say i enjoy it's because the world itself is so interesting Mm -hmm. um like when i don't think we've mentioned before like ballad of buster scruggs which is a good um, 
movie that shows vign- vignettes, vignettes. I think it's called an anthology. Yeah, yeah. but basically like those st- yeah, yeah, snapshots yeah. of different aspects of life mm-hmm. in that era. And then there are movies like um, True Grit, which I enjoy. Yeah, sure. Um, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> is that a Western? No. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've it's actually not, never seen that it's movie. It's set in the West. I don't think it counts as a Western <laughs> based got, on format. They've got cowboys. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Good. Good. I know. Mm-hmm. Like a modern Western. Yeah. I think the thing I like about the, the spaghetti Western, uh, I'm not sure if that's what exactly defines what I'm about to to, to talk about but is the concept of the outlaw in a changing world where where it's at the point where like the wild wild west is ending you know it's not a uh-huh. it's not a no it's not a dog eat dog world as much in they're starting yeah, to the civil society the industrial period is coming up and these people are yeah. getting a bit like they can't do the same things they were once mm-hmm. able to and do. like they go through existential crises and the the thing I find uh, cool about it is it's it's a it's a clear depiction of change you know like from and like i i don't know i don't know what it's trying to say about change because most of the time the characters in those uh Films. movies are e- they either end up like dead yeah that's what i was gonna say they die they're either dead or like they just become farmers mostly so I just I don't know I guess it says like adapt or die but also it's just cool it's just cool to get a picture of it like that because yeah. also like you said the setting is so interesting like the whole revolver gunslinger thing you know yeah it was unique in the sense that in the United States it's like on the east coast it was already kind of modern it was just that these people went out so far west and they have some modern sensibilities but at the same time, they were creating like a new world. So it was that mix of like they would have towns and they would have, you know, politeness and everything like that, honor, sheriff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the lawlessness that existed because it was still um, just being created, like society yeah. was still just being formed. Yeah, the chaos. Yeah, the chaos. But at the same time, they were not chaotic in terms of their their mind. They already had some things that, coming from their old culture mm-hmm. like they knew what what happens over there and they're like we can change things here yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's cool so that's it for me um the uh unforgiven that's clint eastwood 1992 if you're into westerns i would check that out um mark anything new um yeah i i, I, I was looking through my netflix like viewing history just to see what i've been watching so i've watched a f- Two movies that are a bit older. I watched Patch Adams. Have you oh, seen that before? Great, great, great movie. Robin great Williams. movie. Robin Williams. Um, it's one of again those like late eighties, nineties, maybe even early two thousands, just dramas. And I always, I think those are my favorite like time period for those because it, it, the pacing for me and the, the way that the story unfolds is so much more enjoyable than some now which are so i think sometimes overly dramatic mm-hmm. there there was just drama but at the same time it's like it could happen to you also yeah so like another example like goodwill hunting like it's drama but very subtle 
because sure. it's not a, a major problem. Mm-hmm. So Patch Adams, it's a good movie. It's about a a doctor who I think it was set maybe in the late fifties. It's true story. So this guy Patch Adams basically wanted to be a doctor because he wanted to help people. He had this great ex- um like very serious experience where he was depressed and then he went to a mental institution and then he saw the people there and how they weren't being treated really to help them be better people. They were just being medicated and things like that. So it drove him to be a doctor. And when he was med school, you know, the establishment had their own way of, excuse me, of doing things the same way, like being very formal, no relationships with the patients. And basically he showed an alternative to doing that. And he actually has his own institute I looked it up because it's a true story. So he has his own place where he does the same methods where it's about like improving quality of life for these people by making them happy at the same time, trying to treat their illnesses. So very good movie, heartfelt. Uh, Robin Williams was very good in it. God, Robin Williams, man. Yeah, and then another movie I watched, Arrival. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, very. It was so good. How old is it? Two, three years? Two, three years. Nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, it might have slipped through the cracks because it's not, again, like a very um, overly action. It's a sci-fi movie, this one, about aliens invading the Earth. Mm-hmm. But it's not like um, like Independence Day, we're going to blow them up or yeah, anything no. like that. It's about, basically, um, Amy Adams is a, a linguist and the way that they try to... Re- deal with these aliens are by learning their language and it's just a mind bender of a sci-fi movie yes sir very very good twist at the end so watch watch that i think that one is like if you haven't seen it it um can it give you like inception vibes i think it could. sure yeah it's very unique because it plays with perspective uh in a very interesting way i think if i said any more than that i might spoil something so just uh just in that sense that like like damn fine i'm just going to say like there is a very interesting way that time is perceived because the aliens don't necessarily um experience time and you know like it's just the, the understanding it's more of a narrative on understanding yeah. fairness it basically challenges the way that we perceive um our world how yes. it functions yes. so these aliens don't play by the same rules that we think like Klaus said in terms of time in terms of um, communication communication everything. mainly so, so it, it, it gives you like wow these things could exist or if it does exist wow and we're in a different um, level to, yeah. to these beings it's very Lovecraftian in the sense that it plays on us there's like a sort of um, fear of the unknown aspect to it but it's not a very scary movie it's just it plays into those emotions i think yep um on netflix side i watched these on netflix so you can catch them there too Mm -hmm. but for netflix originals i watched um turn up charlie have you seen that i haven't but that's the idris elba one yeah it's a it's a series uh, so i think he made it himself and um basic premise is he is um a washed up DJ slash musician who had like a hit song back in the day and it's just one of those like um comedies that follow his his exploits and the main I guess the main exploit is like he 
his one of his best friends comes back to the UK and he's all rich and famous and basically he ends up having to take care of his friend's kid. And it's just like a comedy from there. It's a little Bojacky. I have not seen Bojack still. Similar premise. He's a washed up uh, sitcom star. Sure, I don't think... I I wouldn't count it as depressing. Oh, yeah. Because I know the basic idea of Bojack. (laughs) Is it makes you sad? Yeah, so... No, it's uplifting also. Once you've seen Bojack, we should have an episode about Bojack. Sure. Like, with spoiler alerts on it, just because I think that has a lot of meat in it. We can even bring in someone like uh, Sandro Campos. I think he's heavy into Bojack. And other people who might be interested. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So turn up Charlie. It's a funny show. Okay. Eight episodes, twenty minutes each. Very quick. One of those. You have nothing to watch. I watch anything with Idris Elba, man. Yeah. He does, he actually, <laughs> he's very, very charming in it. Very, like his personality from interviews that I've seen. I think. Well, he created it, so I think that's why mm-hmm. it kind of reflects so much of him. And his character is a DJ. He is a DJ in real life. If you didn't know that, I know that I know he dabbles. I didn't. I don't know if like he's like a hardcore. Mm, I f- I know he plays gigs. Wow. So anyway, imagine that. Yeah, going to a club and it's Idris Elba spinning. You're I know. Like, hmm. I mean, Shaq also is a DJ. Sure, but Shaq is, just does everything because he's Shaq. True. Uh, just on an Idris Elba tangent, he has another show on BBC called Luther. If you've not seen it. It's a he's he's like an expert detective that specializes in high level violent psychopaths. <laughs> it's oh. super well made, very I, interesting. I think it's on Netflix also, right? I think it is. It might be, or, or it was at one point. I hope that it still is. If it is, and you can catch it, I highly recommend it. Yep. Um, last Netflix for should pay us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last for me, um, I watched the newest season of Queer Eye. Oh, how is it? It's, it's, it's a I hear show. only good things the about reboot, that show. The reboot, I think, just took it to the next level in terms of... Um, Wokeness. <laughs> I would say so. It's a, very, it's a bit on the nose how they really focus on like um, getting people who wouldn't necessarily re- reflect uh, a, someone accepting of LGBT or someone that they would naturally align with because they go to a lot of like Midwestern states. I think this one was in... Kansas the state this th- third season so you know it's it's a more of a traditional midwestern area of America and the people there are like country folk so it's very I mean like they always do that kind of um, juxtaposition against what an LGBT these guys are so progressive yeah, so sure. well read well um, you know educated and everything and then they go to this place where it's mostly country folk but you know they do it so well they pull it off the makeovers and everything that they do is always very helpful and it does feel genuine even though that i know that it was kind of produced to be heartfelt and everything it still comes off as genuine because i think the people who they're helping they didn't really know the full impact that they would receive. Mm-hmm. And it's like a sincere reaction. Yeah, and they always focus on like inside out, like that transformation from the inside, which as cheesy as it might sound, is a very w- good way to go about it. Sure. Like change your inner perspective about yourself, regardless of how you dress and yeah. of, like for how you live your life and how you treat other people and everything else follows after that. Almost every episode gets like a, there's like a teary moment. Oh. Yeah. It's 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 a great show and the the 
the boys on it are really you know um very they have their own niche and very good personalities Bang, it, it makes them feel like your friends kind of yeah yeah cool i always like shows like that yeah it's just such the reboot like i i think i saw it way long ago the original one say i was going to bring that yeah up. i mean it was already pretty cool like fun to it watch. was fun to yeah. watch but it was way more shallow like, yeah it I was still so. just like makeover show yeah like but that. great great experience now it's like yeah like you said woke be woke in a good way so i mean i'm sure people already watch it just get on the third season very good uh, that's it for me all right Queer Eye. I think I'm actually going to check that out. That and Marie Kondo. Those are two things I'm not in the public conversation about. What was funny was, since they're both Netflix shows, right? Yeah. In one episode, the guy who does like the home makeover for Queer Eye, finally referenced Marie, Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. <laughs> because he were, they were like, the, he was like the opposite. He's like, buy stuff that, you know, makes your house nice. Yeah. And then I think one of the other members of the team was just like, that's not Marie Kondo-esque. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I was like, wow, it's like that Netflix um, inside, like yeah. MCU, but for Netflix. Yeah, like what is this, a crossover episode? Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So that was what we have been consuming. Thank you very much for listening to that portion of the show. I don't know why I just thanked you. But <laughs> anyway. Kevin um, Hurt. Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to move on to our uh, next very popular segment, which has actually been voted to stay the same name unless somebody else can give us a new name. It will remain the Sports Schmanter. I was actually thinking, like, can Cloud do the real Sports Center? Um, I think we might get in trouble for that. Just, it's an interpolation. It doesn't count if it is an interpolation, like how you replayed it with your own voice. Oh, maybe. I might get away with that. I'll try it. I, I don't memorize the Sports Center Isn't intro like, song. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's why it's an interpolation. It was my perception and I, um, I was making I was making it up, the one that I was just singing now. But anyway, welcome to Sports Schmanter, where we talk about everything sports, whether it is okay, not okay, or just schmeh. I just made that now. That should be our new opening line for this. Okay, so Sports Schmenter, there's actually quite a bit to talk about. Um, some news for both Marks and my team. Yeah. Um, some uh, sad injury news and some retirement news and also a bit of like falling from grace news. So uh, I let's start this off first with the... NBA, let's start yeah, with Yeah, let's me. start with the NBA. Because mine will be quick. <laughs> so um the jazz the the, the uh, once again mark is a phoenix suns fan long time and the what is the name of the star of the phoenix suns devin booker yeah and devin booker was at 59 points at his uh, during his game yesterday against the utah jazz and there was like 30 seconds left on the clock booker was going to go in for a floater or layup or jump shot he was in the paint and the Jazz fouled his teammate <laughs> so that he could not take the basket and get 60 points. So petty. So petty. And they were already like winning by like 20 points. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that? I mean, I get it. It's re- it really is petty. But 
you know, it's some teams just don't like that happening. They don't want it to happen to them. I guess because the Jazz, they were the ones who got scored 60 on by Kobe on his farewell. Yeah, it, it's just like a pride for the team thing. They want to keep morale up. They want to get hype. So it's they like, won we st- by 20. We, <laughs> we stopped them. We stopped them. We stopped them at 59. Yeah, he didn't make 60 on us. No, no. What the fuck is I that, think, man? I think I saw like one of those videos. I think it was Tracy McGrady and he was just like mocking them because he was like, so now you try to do some strategy on him when yeah. he's at 59. Like, we got him. We got him. For sure. I think I heard that on yeah, the jump like, or something. Right. He got 59 on you. No, we, but he, he didn't get 60. <laughs> but he didn't get 60. Right. It's. I just think that's, in a way, it's a little, it feels a little unsportsmanlike, yeah. you know? Whatever. I don't know why I can't. I couldn't break down to you what my what my ethics on that are, but if he just let him take the fucking yeah, like shot. just play it the right way, like defend him hard, things like that. Yeah, don't if he makes the bucket, then he makes the bucket. Like mm-hmm. shit, that's on you. you. You let him score sixty. Yeah. Um. On a bright note, though, I think in today's game he scored fifty again. Yeah, but she lost again by three to Washington. Yeah. yeah. Eh. But it was hard fought. I watched a bit. Yeah, of that and game. I think Kelly Oubre wasn't playing, so we're a he bit was short handed. Yeah. Fifty for the fifty plus for the second game in a yeah, row. Yeah. So he did set a record. He is doing some crazy. He shit. is the youngest ever to score fifty back to back. And youngest to score seventy, right? Yeah, but that was last year. Yeah, two years ago. Still did it. Yeah. So I mean. He's one of the bright spots for the Suns. He's only mm-hmm. 22. I see him filling out his James Harden role. Um, you know what I mean? Like, just gets buckets. Yeah. I, I feel it, like if he had better teammates to set him up around him, he'd be more efficient too. Yeah, it would be hard to say that because of the role that he has to take on his current team. But, I mean, can only do, go up. I mean, on the worst, like <laughs> one of the worst teams here, he sure. like exceeds expectations. I so. think something has to be done about the management of the. Of yeah, the I've sons. never, I've never liked the GM. Yeah. I've never been, heard. I have not good heard. I've not heard good things. We've had like pockets of success, and for some reason, he learns how to mess it up every single time. Different yeah. kinds of success, <laughs> and he just picks the wrong move every time. And we we lost a lot of players along the way. I saw a video. Yeah, Amari, dude. Anyway, I Bled, saw. So. Bledsoe. I saw a video of like some Arizona local or some Phoenix local and she was pissed, man. <laughs> Greta is her name or something. And she was like, if your team's going to suck, then stop using public funds for your stadium. <laughs> like you're a billionaire. You should be able to pay for this on your own. It's sad. The Suns are one historically one of the better franchises in the NBA, aside from recently. But mm-hmm. like back in the day, they used to win a lot. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you just go to the comment section of like Facebook post, it's Everyone's a lot of, just angry. It's just like get rid of him already. <laughs> All right, it's like the Knicks with Dolan. Yeah. So. So yeah, that's uh, that's our son's news. We'll see you next year, Phoenix. <laughs> I hope you guys get Zion. I just don't want him to go somewhere lame. I just, I'm okay with like a top three pick because like that Zion, um, Zion uh, Ja Morant, ja Morant R- RJ, RJ Barrett, Barrett. Like, you know, can't go wrong I, with the, aren't any they of all those. teammates. No, Ja Morant is in um. Murray State, which oh, okay. is one of the smaller schools. Okay. And he's no longer in the NCAA March Madness oh, tournament. They got eliminated. That's sad. Their school wasn't that high. I think they were like 12th seed. You can only win with so much. Like, you know. Um, I was going to say, I hope the Cavs don't get Zion. That would be so whack. Like, eh, well, 
they have had some I mean Colin Sexton was playing yeah, very sure. well but yeah Zion, it's just not the right moment yeah. there. there's not enough going on there to uh, like make an immediate impact yeah, yeah. like would I, be sad I would rather he went to like the Suns or even the Knicks dangerous but fine fine if he ends up there with Kyrie and KD like whew, that'd be a show boom that'd be a show sure uh, but yeah Okay, well, anyway, next on our NBA list, just wanted to give a shout-out to Yusuf Nurkic. He he had a horrific leg injury yesterday. Broke his, like, shin? Yeah, he fractured his uh, tibia and fibula. Those are the front and back yet of the shin. Yep, yeah. like, it was, dude, it was crooked. Did you see the video? Yeah, it's, you know, Nasty. it's the one where it's, like, hanging. Yeah, <laughs> it was, like, Paul George, Garden Hayward level. But But the good thing about that, you can recover from that. Yeah, sure. Because the clean break, you just have when it heals, it strengthens mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. again. It will be a bit scary, but yeah, we've seen Paul George like Paul, but have his amazing season. He may be the exception, though. I mean, he's Gordon like, Hayward recovered. I mean, it's only his first year back. Yeah, Paul yeah, George yeah. took like sure, a couple years, sure. so I think, I think this is second. I, I I wouldn't worry too much about like the long term. I'm just worried that you know Portland's gonna be shorthanded for and the he's playoffs. He's a big guy, you know. I think it's just it, there's more risk when you're a bigger person. Yeah, he's, just cent- more he's the center of the Portland Trailblazers. Um, too bad for Portland in the playoffs. I thought that they would be. Now they're only gonna. I don't think they're gonna go as far as they could have if they had Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, they weren't probably not gonna win anyway. But just sad to see them not get. Um the chance to compete at yeah. 100% strength. Yeah, cuz I'm a I'm actually a big Damian Lillard fan. Mhm. Um not just his bars cuz he has bars. <laughs> his sway in the morning freestyle was was actually one of the better sway in the morning freestyles I've heard. He had like actual bars, double entendres. But also he's just such a killer in the fourth quarter, which I love. I love Dame time seeing him hit big shots. Especially in clutch uh, situations, so yeah, prayers up for Yusuf Nurkic. We hope that he. I don't actually like him as a player. Like I, I think his attitude is annoying. He's a little um, belligerent. Yeah, you know, like he picks fights with everyone. But I'm sure he's the kind of player that, like Pat Beverly, if he was on the like the Clippers, I'd love him. <laughs> <laughs> but since since he plays against us, I'm not a big fan. But obviously, I don't wish his an injury like that on anyone. Fair enough. Like, unless you're super evil. In which case, get bent. Um, And on the last note of NBA news, probably the most important news story of um, the year, perhaps, for the season, perhaps. It is that uh, the Los Angeles Clippers have clinched a playoff seating. Woo! Yeah, somebody play that horn. Ear, ear, ear. We should get a soundboard. We should use your beat pad as a soundboard. I think we could figure that out. Yeah. Like I, we could just have random drops, like a real radio show. No, 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 new Joe Button. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be fun, and we could change it up. You know, like it wouldn't have to be the same ones every time. Sure. Keep the ones we really love. Uh, so as you see, this podcast is growing on the spot. On the spot, but yeah, the Clippers. I'm not gonna talk long about this. The Clippers have clinched a playoff. A playoff spot basically means even if they lose the rest of their games for the rest of the regular season, 
it will not affect. I mean, it will It'll only be in the affect. Playoffs. Yeah, we're in playoffs for sure. So they're just trying to get the right um, seeding to help yeah. them get the best chance. To Honestly, win. I would I would prefer to play maybe the Trailblazers. Like they don't have a use of Nurkic. True, like, you know. And I mean, the other teams have more dangerous players. Definitely, I don't want to play the Warriors. Yeah, so. <laughs> What 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 seed do they have to be right now currently to to hit that? Um, if everything, if everybody else would stay the way that they were, uh, the Clippers should be five to play the Blazers at four. Okay. Yeah, so that that's possible. I'm expecting the Blazers may may fall off a bit, but Damian Lillard. How many? Well, it depends that. how many games they are up ahead. Anyway, it could just be enough to like. I think it might be coast to the end. I, the main concern is the Jazz. I think the Jazz and the Clippers have the same record. Tiebreaker, no, no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy. We had no expectations coming into this season, and mid-season we traded our way our best player again for the second season in a row. We traded our way our best player in the middle of the season. But you know, that's, that Jerry West do what Jerry West do. And, yeah, I mean he's setting up and Lawrence Frank and Doc Rivers. You know, he's setting up for. Big free agent summer. God, I hope we get cool. And he has enough to show that he has a good squad to support any star that's willing to come to LA. So I feel like that's a good situation coming up. Play, take the playoffs, play hard, get as far as you can because it's not about draft picks anyway. Show that any free agent that look at these Clippers, we have a good coach. People really like Doc Rivers anyway. Yeah. And we have good supporting cast. We're ready to win. Yeah, it's like you can be the single piece that puts us over the edge. Or we actually have space for two. Yeah, yeah, fine too. You're like, we have, if you combine as the number one and two, and we have all these supporting cast, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, how I wish the Suns were like this. You stay optimistic, bro. It's been a long <laughs> road for us too. <laughs> it's been a very long road. It's starting to pay off a bit, but it could easily be derailed. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's it. That is it for NBA news. Uh, there's only one other piece of sports schmanter news, which is that Conor McGregor has officially announced his retirement, but also he has done that multiple times yeah, and in the past. Just the way that his... I look at his social media and stuff. He just hasn't been that focused. It could just be just his vibe for the moment. Yeah, or also, I just think he Marketing peaked also. too soon. You know, commercially, he peaked too soon in that we didn't get to see his physical peak at play. I mean, maybe we saw a bit of it, but I feel like it could have been longer. True. I mean, his fights, um, he won them in such devastating fashion that we didn't actually get a lot of, like, wars with... Except from, like, the Diaz. Diaz. But then that was, like, a special case also because of how the first one even came It was a different weight class. Yeah. And then he did that Floyd Mayweather. Whack. Yeah. <laughs> Took, which It was still fun, but it wasn't that helpful in terms of like, his professional skill. It was more of a money-making exactly. opportunity. Which is disappointing. And then his last serious fight against Khabib. You could say Khabib is better, but at the same time, Conor took a lot of time off. That's why it's just... He didn't seem very focused either. Yeah, it would have just been nice to see him kind of get back on track for a few more fights yeah. it's not even that old I know and I mean I'm I'm a big Connor fan uh, a lot of the stuff he did with Khabib was unnecessary and disrespectful 
I was always a, I was always a firm believer that the character was not his true personality but you know I I do believe that it, there's some bleed in you know like there's some aspects that overlap like he just seems to have a bit of a wild streak in him yeah I thought I really did think that was just him I meant not in the sense where he's a bad person but he just has like a temper mm-hmm. and he's an intense person impulsive yeah yeah well you kind of have to be to to, to, to fit that mold. Um, I think no the mold of, of what he was trying to portray I mean like you gotta be a bit you gotta be a bit crazy to want to play the role yeah of the outspoken asshole but it worked so well for him oh yeah in a, in a likable way yeah because it also he got in his opponent's heads yeah <laughs> although yeah I'll just say that I'm not really 100% sure if this is like a real real retirement me too I just don't I'm I'm fishy about the the timing because he also has sexual assault allegations out right now so I don't know how much they're playing into each other I hope that the allegations are false you know or like they don't because I'd hate to see someone who seems like they have genuine good in them fall from grace like that you know Uh, of course I always want to give space for Redemption and and whatever, but I'd rather not have to go through a whole thing where Conor McGregor's a rapist. Yep, I, mean, <laughs> I just I I liked him, so I wish he didn't do anything bad. But if he did, well, that's on him as well. Mm-hmm. I just don't know any details about that yet, but I just did see like a a post or something. Yeah, too soon to say, but also I hope it's not true. Also, because I love his persona as the family man. Yeah, it did feel genuine that he, I mean, even when he was aggressive and talked a lot of shit, even to fighters, there was like a a deeper sense of like respect after we've gone to this War. experience. Yeah. For most of his fights, at least, like even Nate Diaz, which they talked a lot of shit, but after. Yeah, there was always like something. A good goodwill. The Khabib one was probably the most... Um, like de- deviated from that that mm-hmm. normal example. But I also think he was so unfocused also that he wasn't anymore. Hard to say, but yeah. You know? That would be... Like, like he didn't seem focused even in the mental attack. Yeah. I think, you know, life just went so fast for him. He just mm-hmm. got so successful. And a little careless. Yeah. Happens. Happens. But, you know, no excuses made. Khabib is a fucking beast and you can't sleep on that guy. Yeah. That's why I just wanted to see another fight to see if it's really, like... Yeah, with him, like, zoned in. Yeah. Which he... Man, that's what he was saying. Like, his... The way he would talk was, like, yeah, I'm I'm looking to fight again. He called out some people in mm-hmm. the UFC and it looked like he was, like, I'm ready to focus again. I've had enough fun for... And now it's time to show these guys again how good I really am. Mm-hmm. Well, looks like that's not going to happen anytime soon yeah that's a shame oh well well that's it for sports schmanter okay. oh now i know it oh. right something like that that's the start of sports center Oh wait, that's NBA, NBC. Ah, oh, crap. Which is no, I know. Sports Center is like a kind of rock song. Yeah, and that was the 
the intro song for Road Trip in. Because <laughs> they got the rights to that. Oh, Sorry. That's pretty good. Well, we're just going to keep doing our own theme songs until something clicks. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very improvisational uh, podcast. Anyway, moving on to our final segment, which is not going to be as deep of a cut this week because we just didn't have a very uh, deep topic to talk about in terms of like philosophy or current events so we decided that we would just talk about a great experience that we had and our segment called the thinking block (laughs) (laughs) these are what these bits are going to sound like give us time but okay so this is the thinking block where we think about ideas things or experiences and a bit and kind of unpack them find whether there's a deeper meaning or just give a better understanding of why we like these things or think about these things right now our main topic is our gig which happened last saturday yep saturday april oh march 23 in like we mentioned earlier in the show um that was a really cool gig, man, right? Yes, very cool. Um, why don't you give a background of how we ended up there? So we did some work uh, in in my work with Liga Artist Group, which is uh, it's another music thing that I do. We put up events um, for music. And we did a collaboration once with a spoken word group. And... Uh, one of the guys from that group, Mr. Jeff Bago, shout out my main man Jeff. Jeff the plug. Jeff the plug. He he hooked us up. You know, he put me in a group chat before asking me <laughs> <laughs> if I was cool to perform and uh, for to perform in Lika. And it was their like their opening for basically their friends, but also they brought in some outside acts and. It was really cool, man. We we went. It was. It's in Makati. We went. Uh, they have a back area because it's basically a house. Yep. It's uh, a house con- uh, with a small back area where they set up. Well, I think when the back, I don't know if the back part's open all the time, but the main space is in front of the uh, house. Yes, yes, yes. It's like yeah. a little cafe slash bar. Yeah, I think it's a restaurant. I think they serve food. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but um. So we we walk into that back area, which is um, essentially their backyard, but mostly rocks. And they set up a stage in the middle on like an elevated plane. They put up some paintings. Yeah, uh, it wasn't. I mean, it's like a, it's just a normal backyard. You go through a gate. Um, there were people doing some graffiti like yes, murals. Yes. And you just keep walking towards the back of the house where it opens up into like there's like a little shed. And it's like on top of like a, a gravel pile. Mm-hmm. So that gravel pile is elevated and that acts as the stage. So they just surrounded it, like what Klaus said, with some paintings and um, lit it, put some lighting on it to give it like a more, just a better vibe and everything. Yeah, very and colorful. I mean, it, it, it pulled off well. I mean, very f- fair to say, I think it's very simple, but very well done also. Mm-hmm. Very um, it, the position also seemed pretty good like people could see and watch and everything it was a low pressure environment too um, when we arrived it didn't feel like 
I mean, we definitely felt different. It was not a regular crowd. Just because you would these people you've never seen in your life ever, before. Ever. Um, but, you know, it didn't feel at all like we were unwelcome. It uh, As soon as we arrived and we were introduced to people as one of the acts, they they just were so accommodating to us. Yeah, we met the owners of the place, very cool people also. Mm-hmm. Shout and out they, Summer. Yeah, and they looked like they were very supportive of what that whole event was about. Not mm-hmm. just big in terms of like a business, but in terms of what it, what the experience and what these people really enjoy. I think it aligned with with the actual event. Yeah, and Summer was one of the main coordinators of that event. She was the head of the group chat that I was in. Oh yeah, see, so it's like these owners are pushing things, not just because it, you know, will bring people there, but because they're patrons and, and also enjoy the the acts that they put up. Yeah. Which uh, is also always a good feeling. It happens in not every gig, but there we have had some enough gigs to see where when you know the owner, the organizer is um, a fan of art or an actual artist themselves, not just a businessman, then you, you get that level of connection where they they see what the event should really be, mm-hmm. not just like a, a marketing it, scheme. Yeah, that's true. Very, very enjoyable when that happens. And when it's, a, it's a, in this case, it was a surprise because did, I didn't know them. Yeah. Um, so when we arrived, there was somebody doing some spoken word poetry. It was like an open mic type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were greeted by Jeff. Uh, who was already drunk. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly drunk. We love you, Jeff. And he brought us in, introduced us to people, um, introduced us to our friend Louis. Yes. Um, uh, he was initially an intimidating character. He has a tattoo on his head, his forehead, but only a single tattoo, and it's a circle. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Very John Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's what you said. And I was just like, it's... How how would this person act now? Like it 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 gives you like a little mystique. Like yeah. what kind of person would do this? And like he talks, like he doesn't have that tattoo in his head, which is I mean it's fine. Like doesn't mean anything, but yeah, yeah it's just like oh oh surprise again. Yeah, you know. Also another cool guy. Very hmm. He has a different way of thinking from what I'm usually at. Mm-hmm. I think he would be closer, I guess, to like more. There's a lot of like spiritual and like internal energy that he would. I mean, he's more in tune to himself and sure. the, the environment around him, especially yeah. in that case. And it was just very interesting, like how he. But this is a different guy, right? This is Jason you're talking about. No, or Louis. Louis also. Oh, okay. Like when you talk to him, it's just like he's thinking of things in a different way. Oh yeah, sure. And yeah. he's very sincere. That's why, and yeah. he opens it up to you, and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Which was again another surprise because, like you know, you don't meet someone on the first day and they're very not not frank, but they're already giving you the, like a real conversation. We're not doing small talk here, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. That yeah, yeah. So he was also another cool guy we met. The tattoo is like a just like a it'll throw you off, but but <laughs> like he he's a he's a great guy. So yeah, he he sat front row. Where we performed and like stayed there, you know, that was cool. Uh, I also wanted to shout out Jason. I just brought him up. Yeah, Jason was we thought the sound tech, 
my bad. And uh, no, my bad. I mean, come on, he was by the sound booth. <laughs> yeah. So, Jason, the guy we met, he was helping us set up our our equipment for our performance, and I think we were probably the first band act to perform. Uh, before I think the ones before us were poets. It's possible. It's possible. It seemed like it. Yeah. And then, so this guy Jason was helping us set it up get us what we need like the cables extension cords and things like that mm-hmm. so yeah like Klaus said we thought he was the sound guy yeah and then little did we know later on in the night he had his own band which he started himself and this is no ordinary band <laughs> they are called Anima Tierra they are a tribal drum ensemble sort yeah of. they focus on Traditional, traditional tribal folk music yeah with well they don't i think i think the, they said that the pieces they do are originals in terms of arrangements yeah but some like they had one or two covers yeah but it's just they follow that style of mm-hmm. very by tribal we mean like um big drums percussions not modern drums we're talking about like animal skin on yeah. these drums yeah and um uh, a lot of shouting yeah like chanting yeah, like, like stuff like that yeah it's it's crazy it's an experience it's it's, it's overwhelming honestly it was in a good way just because yeah. it didn't feel fake mm-hmm. it didn't um even if you couldn't understand if there were words you still felt an energy and a certain mm-hmm. um not message but just vibe more vibe of. that came off of it still enjoyable the energy of the performers themselves mm-hmm. also was very good like how they they put their body into yeah. to hitting those drums and also like some of them were just wearing normal clothes like you know how i mean jason had like his little his 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 elephant pants on and some other guys had some linens on them but there were some of them that were they were just wearing civilian clothes i thought they were just there to watch and yeah. they all got up on stage and they're all grooving with it hard yeah it was cool they're great it felt really honest you know mm-hmm. it wouldn't there uh, i think it's fair to say naman that it they really have to be in a certain setting for you to fully appreciate them sure and we just happened to be in in that setting for that night i think mm-hmm. that's why we enjoyed it so much which is good because I want my first impression to be when they're being presented in the right way mm-hmm. rather than if I saw them like let's just say in a mall yeah like out of setting yeah like in a mall performing you just be like this is noise yeah but but then if you're in the right place it's like I get what you're trying to do yeah and back to what they evoke it felt like it was music in one of its rawest forms just because it was uh, so tribal you know like it felt like something that that uh, early humans did for sure. music, you know? I would expect, yeah. Yeah. Especially with the with that Australian... God, I should have learned the name of that. It's a horn. But, it's like a vuvuzela type thing. No, but way more... Just the Australian more pleasing, one. The more one pleasing. Like, Is that a didgeridoo? Didgeridoo, it might be. But... Mm, probably or is not. didgeridoo a dance? No, no, no. It's an <laughs> instrument, but I don't think it's that one. Okay, I'm gonna Google this really quick. Yeah. Anyway, aside from that, we saw two other rap groups, um, Filipino rap groups. In certain, in a sense, they rap in Filipinos slash Tagalog. 
Um, what was the names? One was Barrio Verde. Yeah, I can't remember the other one. Cindy something. Cindy Crato? No. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, Wait, guys. Wait, no, I have no. I have the list of names. Yeah, here. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, yeah. it's a didgeridoo, by the way. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, let's get this name of this other rap group. I want to do them justice. Yeah, yeah. It's over here. It is. I think I'd be close. Let's see. Uh. Oh my God! This is uh. It's quite the name. Uh, Conflictratico. Oops! I was super far. <laughs> no, but you you got the crack. Yeah, that's. I guess that I yeah. the sound. Conflictratico. Okay. Both of them, I lump them together and say both of them have like a more traditional style of hip hop. Uh, not a, there. It was modern in the sense like there was had some trap beats, but like the rhyme scheme and the delivery, mm-hmm. I don't, cadence. Yeah, not mumble rap. Very mm-hmm. Um, textbook rap. Very tight. Most of them were very good rappers, I yeah. would say. And um, there were some good lyrics as well. Yeah. When I could understand them, yeah, I'm it sorry. got deep. It got yeah. deep. No, it got deep Filipino. I was like, oh, I don't, I didn't even know that word existed. Yeah, and the Barrio Verde one was special in a sense where it was. Um, I think we we compared it to like a K-pop group where they have a big collective and within it there are subgroups because there would be one guy who was a solo mm-hmm. artist from mm-hmm. the group and then there was one where they were a trio, but they're so they're different acts, but they're inside Barrio Verde. Yeah, and they were good though. Like the first guy was like a singer, singing rapper. Rapping. Yeah, which was it doesn't sound very cool when you say it like that, but it was very good. <laughs> melodic good, rap. Yeah, melodic rap, but but still with some regular like just normal rap mm-hmm. or not normal like traditional rap. And then the three guys were just that like tra- like pure traditional. Yeah, basic. Um, We'll do one first each. We'll mm-hmm. we'll get it going. We'll get in the chorus, jump together, hype, hype it up. There's just something cool about the ensemble, you know, when it's like they back each other up with vocals. Yeah, it was cool. It was. Yeah. They had a lot of good energy. Mm-hmm. And they, they were very chill, you know, but still a good energy. And they left their minus ones on my laptop. Ooh. I saw it earlier. Because <laughs> they borrowed my laptop to play their, their beats and I have them. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna jack them sorry guys joke line. no no no, no. shout outs to you guys very good I the, the, all the acts that we were able to see were, was very enjoyable the last one we saw was Louis Louis band Louis's band uh, Causal very that one again was super different because it, it would be more akin to like psychedelic yeah uh, rock the, he, it's very death stoner um, but his his lyrics and delivery are more you know, psychedelic style like Jim Morrison at the doors, like awaken, uh, yeah, leave your skin at the door. When he said that, I was like, Oh, this guy will kind of take you yeah, out like, of your own. This guy head. is crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but it again, like just the eclectic, uh, eclectic group and variety that we were able to see. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like everyone was being genuine in how they presented yes. their music. And the way that they consumed, you know, like when they were watching True. and listening, they were True. all engaged. True. Which I always appreciate. That's why it kind of felt like um, a homey vibe. Yeah. We felt at home in a sense where 
the people watching were really watching and the people we were listening to were really performing mm-hmm. from from a from their a genuine place mm-hmm. great and the story of our, our main man jeff at, at the end of the night where we uh, that's where the name jeff the plug yeah. comes from was we Clau had a chance to speak to the other rap group Barrio Verde. Yeah. And I, I don't know if the other rap group was also... Yes, yes. But I think they're more regularly in that group. Yeah. So, finds out that Jeff is the reason why they were also performing at the gig. Yeah. Like, I asked them, like, how did you end up here? And they said, is it Jeff then? I was like, oh! Damn, the? Jeff the Plug. Jeff the Plug, man. Hooking up all the hip-hop acts for Lika, which was a really great event. Yeah. I I find it funny because when when Barrio Verde arrived, they seemed so Siga, so like like they seemed <laughs> yeah for sure they they, seemed, have, they, they had, had like yeah they 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 all just seemed like they were ready to fight you know, and then when I spoke to them they were just the nicest guys, <laughs> like so polite like as soon as I met them I was trying to like gauge properly like I don't want to come off too soft you know yeah and I was like. Like, oh, oh, like, oh, what's up? Then he goes, Oi, bro, sorry, talaga, hindi, hindi na kita nakita. I was like, wow, dude, it's fine. Like, yeah, they're just so nice. They're very polite about borrowing my laptop too. So I was like, yeah. no, no harm here. Yeah, they seem, they actually just seem like a bunch of quiet guys. <laughs> Who just rap. Who just rap. And pretty freaking legit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if where their music can be found. Probably try searching. SoundCloud. They, they mentioned SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Give these guys a shot, man. I yeah. mean... They're the type of artists who deserve a little more um, visibility and notoriety, especially if you're looking for local music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick before we wrap this up, the, the basically that was that was um, our segment on Lika. Um, if you're in the area, Mascardo Street in Makati, check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean. The reason why I think we we put this on the thinking block was aside from the actual experience, it's just like it opens up to that broader idea of if you find places where you're able to have genuine experiences with genuine people, that connection level is taken to a higher higher point. It just becomes more enjoyable and like the impact is like very memorable. You look for it again. Like I would look for that experience again. So in terms of like what maybe you can draw from this is like if you're you know you're have your interests and you're you're you like to go out try to seek out those experiences and the reason why i say seek out is because we wouldn't have had that experience in a, normally like mm-hmm. that's not our normal scene that's not that we don't know these people we took a chance because of jeff who admittedly we don't even know that very for that well. well for yeah. that long so it's in a sense we went out of our comfort zone but it pays off in in like tenfold yes i i would agree wholeheartedly to that so yeah i mean it just opened this up to again like wow there's worlds out there you will never see never hear of unless you take certain chances that are long shots and if they pay off i mean your horizons are broadened mm-hmm. right and if they don't i mean it's and still, you don't you still enjoy, learn. Yeah, you went somewhere. You learned that something existed. So yeah, that's always cool. It's great. Yeah. So that's our that's our thing on Lika. Um, 
Again, really quick before we wrap this up, I just want to thank everybody that's been sending us feedback, giving us ideas, whether it's sending it to us individually or just bringing it up with us in casual conversation. Also, I want to thank everybody that's been giving us love, um, again, through the same modes. Uh, we really appreciate it. You know, We're still constantly trying to grow. We know that we can improve the podcast in many different ways. And we're willing to try that because that's what we want to do. We want to grow as a show. Yeah, just get this feeling of gratitude and encouragement that you guys have let us know that you're enjoying what, what we're doing because we enjoy making it too. So it's just like... It's true. It just becomes a cycle of love. Yeah, it's not a chore to us to do this. You know, it's it's something we do because we, we enjoy it. We enjoy taking the time out to do these things. Yep. Um. All right. And lastly, we... Again, I am playing in Rooftop on Saturday. That's March 30. Be on at around 10. Come through a lot of n- local acts again. Mostly hip hop today. Uh, that day though. So I mean, if just a disclaimer. Yeah. Just and like we said though, try new things. Yes, and a lot of up and coming guys. A lot of a lot of old heads. A lot of new guys. So I think it's a good crowd, and the rooftop crowd is always very chill. Come through if you're in the area. If you're looking for something to do that day, and I think that's it. I think that's all we have for this show. Yeah. We still, been, hit, we still hit an hour, dude. Oh, it's been fun. Yeah. It was a good conversation. And we were worried we wouldn't have anything to talk about. True that. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening to No One's Homies. This is Clow. This is Mark. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Peace. Peace.